This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 91, which is first airing at the end of April 2019. So for both of us, spring break is now over. So Sarah had gone on a Disney cruise, which I know we've been talking about uh, in some previous episodes. It was a, a big deal. Very exciting. So uh, let's let's get the recap from, from Sarah to, uh, you know understand. Yeah, what, I guess what... I, I have to I have to close the loop here. And you know what? I gotta say, I in the days of like sponsored blogging, I find that it's actually somewhat hard to find really frank and honest travel reviews because typically at the bottom it says something like this trip was comped, but all my opinions are my own. And it's like, yeah, like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this trip was not comped. We paid for every penny of it and they did not, there was no, um, no official uh, review process or anything. So it's just my honest impressions. Yes. I don't know if it was a big deal. Actually, in some ways it was not a big deal because that was the beauty of it. For us, we live, you know, 30 minutes from the port. Mm. So this didn't involve a flight like most of our trips do. It didn't involve transporting of car seats, which was awesome. We just, um, drove to the port. We had booked this about six months in advance. And it was the idea of our really close friends who have two kids, the ages of Cameron and Genevieve. And Annabelle gets along with them too. So it works out nicely. And yeah, so we just drove there and then got on the boat. It's very simple. And we had a really nice time together. 
people were kind of wanting to know, you know, what does that cost? When you have a family with three children, you have two options. You can either do a suite, which is makes it very expensive, or you can do two adjoining rooms in a sort of mid-tier or lower-tier room. I think we didn't go for the lowest tier, which was completely windowless. We went for the one with like a big porthole, and it worked out great. In fact, my husband said, I wouldn't have wanted a balcony because we would have been terrified about what our kids yeah, might have yeah. tried to do on it. So the total cost of the cruise was something like, I think, 6500 including all tips, all everything. And that covered really four and a half days. I mean, in many ways, five days, because when you're recovering from a cruise, you still kind of feel like that's part of the experience. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure if I'd count the recovery. <laughs> the well, we didn't get home until like noon. And then yeah, we had, yeah, everyone was sufficiently tired out by the cruise. So it sort of felt like part of the package deal. Anyway, so that is not a cheap vacation. I think there are also pricier vacations. And the fact that we didn't have to buy plane tickets or any kind of rental vehicle meant that spending more on the cruise itself wasn't such a big deal. And you know what? For little kids, it's a very nice option, Laura. I think that you should do it while you're, you should do it sooner rather than later, because I think that as they get older, it's going to be maybe not as good fit for older kids. Although I think there were a lot of tweens and teens having very nice time. The kids club is very nicely done. There's a lot of supervision. There's a lot to do. Both my kids well, Cameron like begged to go there. He probably would have spent his entire trip there if he had been allowed. And Annabelle didn't mind going. It is still challenging to travel with a toddler because yes, they do have nursery childcare. You have to reserve it, but your toddler's not going to necessarily be jumping up and down (laughs) to go to that. Um, So we did do two nights without her. One of the nights uh, we went out to their sort of fancy restaurant on the boat, which was really fun. But I got this text midway through that was like, we had her name in there as her nickname of Viva. And it was like, Viva Unger is crying. And I was like, oh, no. no. So, you know, it's, <laughs> but they, it's, they text you about a child crying. I mean, that yeah, seems a little, they do. Uh... I think they just want you to know, like, it's not okay. like you have to get your child, but you know, it's just that your kids are still going to be their ages that they're in, no matter what kind of a situation that you're in. Um, there aren't that many dedicated toddler spaces. There's a couple I would have liked more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I highly recommend going with friends because I think that was part of the fun for us, especially with the toddler. You're like, you know, because there's going to be blocks of time where you're just hanging out and watching your kid run around. And if you yeah. can turn it into like a little like extended play date, I think that kind of adds to it. And then finally, just sort of the service and quote unquote magic aspect. Disney's really good at that. Like they're really good. They There was always like a character available just at that right moment. And kids would just be delighted by it, especially Genevieve, actually, which was adorable to see. Um, and just very kind staff who seemed like they really liked their jobs. Um, many of them were like working for Disney for eight years, 12 years. So I think the, you know, the way they treat them must be pretty good. And they do actually, um, FYI, they sort of force, not force you, they take out tips automatically. And it's a pretty Mm. sizable percentage split among the person who takes care of your room, your server, um, I think like the dining room director. And you get this letter that's like, you're getting $50 are going to this person and blah, 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 are going to this person. And you're allowed to go to the front desk and change it. But the pathway of least resistance is just to leave generous tips. And honestly, we had such a nice time that I felt no reason to go against what they had suggested. So you do end up thanking them. Yeah. You, you I, say, I don't think you want to be that person going to the front desk and be like, no, 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 no. I'm we're, not we're sure taking, we're taking do, that no. one down $10. Exactly. Not my style. I mean, I would say, I guess if you had like a bad experience or someone wasn't nice to you, that might be something, but no, we had a great experience. Yeah. So. Yeah. Was there anything, I mean, given that this is the unbiased review, is there anything you'd, you'd warn people about or? 
Um, well, just that your toddlers are still going to be toddlers. Like you're not going to be relaxing because you're still going to be chasing your 16 month around. Um, and that may be one of the themes of this episode <laughs> as well. I think it's important to think about the weather. We really lucked out, but I kept saying to Josh, like if this was rainy and stormy, I know I wouldn't be like so happy. It happened to be gorgeous, like not yeah. too hot, crystal blue skies, but that's clearly not guaranteed. Um, I would say the food actually, again, even though this is not sponsored, I was pleasantly surprised. I read a number of really scathing reviews of the food and I was terrified. And I will say that Genevieve got a mysterious GI illness approximately three days after we got back. The thing is that timeline doesn't totally make sense. Yeah, no, that's usually yeah. those bugs happen faster. Exactly. So. And they're meticulous about making you like sanitize your hands when you go into every single dining area. And I thought the food was pretty decent. I mean, I thought it was better actually, like more options than Disney World itself. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Because I mean, the, the food at Disney World is not... No, I'm not like... A, like there, there are exceptions. I've got to say okay. Boma and the um, Tusker House. Yes. Like that's so, pretty good. But um, most Disney food. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, especially like the quick serve stuff. It was just, yes. um, no, it was definitely a step up from that. So okay. That's good. good to know. Yeah. We were definitely yeah. considering that for a, a future thing. And and it's good to know about going with another adult. I think what's going to wind up happening is we may go in the summer, but it's just because when we have to, I mean, there's no other option. You could go with family, like your brother's yeah, well, kids, so right? I think I'm going to take my mother-in-law actually. Aww. And, uh, so we got to figure out how we'll how we'll do the the rooms. I mean, obviously she she needs her own room. I'm not yes, going to make yes, her stay absolutely. with my kids. There were tons but, of grandparents on the trip, so you may just need three rooms, and you could get two adjoining, and then one that's yeah. Not. Well, actually, I'm not sure my husband is going, um, and oh. I don't think I don't know that Alex is going either. I, th- I think it may be me, the three big kids, and my mother in law. Um, I would think about Alex though, because honestly, he knowing his. I, I like know, Cameron. I not He'd probably yeah, be actually, thrilled to be in there and just live oh, there. I know this is hard, but I, I actually want to relax. And then I can't get like the room with the veranda because I, I worry about him leaping oh, off of it no, constantly. Yeah. So, I mean, I just. But he would love the kids club. Like, I, he would probably live true. in there. That may be true. <laughs> and it's free. It's like a, you know, a yeah, big benefit. Of I know. Trip. But if my husband doesn't wind up going, maybe I was thinking about doing a long weekend one, right? They have Got one to go Friday to Monday yeah. and then he could yes, be yes. with Alex at home. Yes. You know, that's they true. Can, that's sweet. Two of them batching it together. So, yeah, no, we're, we're, um, but that won't be, that won't be spring break. We are, we actually have spring break. We're recording yes. this before spring break, but this will air been, afterwards. And so. to remind listeners, it's been sort of like, what is Laura going to do? They haven't thought of anything. Her husband's <laughs> in charge of the plan. So tell us all what happened with that. Well, in, in the past tense, and hopefully this is going to actually happen <laughs> so we record before it, um, we're going to uh, San Lucia. Ooh. which I think is how you say it. We were saying St. Lucia, and, and then we heard recordings of it with St. San Lucia. But yeah, it turns out you can fly direct there, which is key. My my husband had, we had sort of determined like Caribbean island is probably the way to go. We, so easy. Yeah, it's easy. And so then it was a question, where can you fly direct and have like a resort that's got good kid options that we aren't going to hate? And then... But the the direct flight thing took us off on this whole tangent because then my husband found a resort on um, Nevis. Okay. I think that's where you it. What uh, did he use to research resorts? Do you know? Well, he just Googled, started Googling. I was, I was strongly suggesting we use um, – We remember we had Henley Vasquez yes. on about yes. a year and a half ago. And she runs a company called Passported, which has sort of – nicer family oriented travel, I guess, which is sort of what I'm always aiming for, you know, 
And so she had lots of resort reviews of the Caribbean. And so I was strongly suggesting one of those. The problem, it turns out, I, I'm, I'm not a cheap vacationer. Um, it may be that Henley's uh, taste is even slightly higher than mine. <laughs> so, so this sent us off on this whole thing of I think my husband did not want to pay for the Ritz-Carlton. So then he was looking at villas on Nevis because there's good diving there and he wants to dive. But then it turns out you can't get to Nevis. You'd, you have to fly, you fly to St. Kitts. But then there aren't even direct flights to St. Kitts. So we were going to have to fly through Charlotte and then take a boat no, over. And then it was like, no, oh. And, no. and then we were going to fly home. You have this route out of um, San Martins, I think. Uh, so you oh. have to take a boat to San Martins and then fly direct back from San Martins. I was like, you know, this is like, <laughs> this is just way too. I can't just, even in the beginning of the trip, it might be somewhat tolerable. At the end, with all four kids, if you're like, oh, let's begin our 20 hour journey, I know. that just sounds well, like, like the, we'll be thinking about it the whole time, too. Yeah. And the flight in the morning, it was in the morning for, I think, from San Martin. So we'd have to take the boat at some other. And I'm like, you don't, I don't think there's going to be like a late night boat. It's going to be, you know, a middle of the afternoon. So you lose that whole day. And I don't know. Anyway. No. So he was going back and forth on a million different ways of how he can get in and out of Nevis. And I was just like, all right, stop. With Which Saint is a Kitts struggle because, yes. you know, you, you did sort of outsource this to him. And then it was sort of like, well, do I intervene? Do well, I know? It wasn't even a question of whether I intervened because he was calling me every 10 minutes. Maybe that was a good thing in this case, though. <laughs> Which it turned out to be like, it's like, well, maybe I could charter a plane since there's six of us. I'm like, <laughs> well, then let's just. We don't want to pay for the Ritz Carlton, but we're going to pay for a private jet. Like, I no, and this is no. So Plus those like tiny little planes, like that's terrifying. No, no, I know. So and then I was like, okay, let's let's back up from the Nevis idea. Is there a second? option that also has good diving in the Caribbean. Um, and, and so then he found this resort uh, that was highly rated on like a parents.com article or something, which who knows? I mean, maybe that they took out ads in the magazine. It's, you know, I'm not saying that maybe parents has a higher editorial standard than that. But, but anyway, this was um, something that was not as pricey as the Ritz Carlton, but that we could then also fly direct from JFK. Uh, so we are going to drive to JFK. We are going to fly direct, uh, spend a couple days, St. Lucia, return, uh, also flying direct. And uh, everyone's happy. That sounds um, much easier. So there's can... not a lot of Caribbean flights out of Philadelphia, huh? There there are. But again, you know, we're booking this for six people 10 oh. days before the flight. So, it's, <laughs> you know, no. a lot of stuff was booked and, and we're having trouble finding six seats. And I don't know. Anyway, it's... As listeners know, we're pro planning, but this worked out. Yeah, we're we're pro. This is going to be great. I'm I'm it's happy. Sound amazing. Yeah. No. So, future review <laughs> coming coming of that. Uh, yes. Later. Also non spawn. Non sponsored. <laughs> exactly. Um, but just cheaper than the Ritz. <laughs> we'll All right. Well, so this sort of segues into we were we were going to um we want to do an episode on weekends. Um, we'd also been talking about doing an episode on toddlers um but we realized that the two are somewhat related in the sense of if you have a toddler your weekends are very different and i would extend toddler to around almost three to four like i was thinking yeah. in my mind like where where does that moment stop and I, it's somewhere i think it probably depends on the kid somewhere around four or three and a half when you don't feel like you have to like physically hover over them yes. to prevent bodily harm yep. essentially every minute that they're awake Every minute that they're awake. And and the thing is, I sometimes I think what leads to um, people feeling a bit, cr 
crazed and harried on weekends is, is that sometimes this hovering is not equitably split. And I think that having a good conversation about how that hovering can be equitably split is, is key to having a good weekend. Because unfortunately, um, if, if one party serves more of a primary parenting role, party B may assume that party A wishes to continue this role or just not think about it, right? Because they're, they're not used to serving that role during the week. And this can lead to a lot of resentment, let's say, from party A who feels like he or she has done this all week and would really like to pass this over to party B for a, a reasonable chunk of time. I can uh, imagine that this is probably perhaps even a more difficult issue in families with only one working parent. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Um, and, and sometimes some families are very good about it. Uh, I have definitely talked to a number of families where, you know, it's maybe a more traditional split, like, you know, mom stays home with the kids. And Saturday is sort of understood to be daddy day, right? That mom, you know, mom gets a can little go bit of a break. do yeah. her stuff. You know, she doesn't have to ask. She doesn't have to. It's just understood that Saturday is daddy day. Um, and that's great. That can be an awesome, awesome split. Uh you know, or, or reverse genders or same genders, whatever, like, you know, but if, if one party is doing the, the bulk of the childcare during the week, it might make sense to designate one day um, during the weekend to be the other parent in charge. But, you know, when, when both parties sort of work as well and equally, and then, then it, you know, sometimes gets, uh, you know, but, but it's good to have these conversations because that is kind of leads into the idea of thinking through your weekends in in general. And when you do think through it and you talk through it, you are allowing yourself to figure out like, what do you really want to get out of it? And that doesn't even necessarily require an equitable split. Um, In fact, there may be time that the family can be all together and that works great too. There just has to be a thoughtful split so that each party can get what they want if possible. And in some cases that may require hiring outside help and in some cases it won't. I've certainly had happy weekends either way, but I think that the mistake a lot of people make is to, as we've talked about, kind of going and saying, I don't need a plan. I need to be freewheeling and spontaneous. And that ends up backfiring because you've just kind of sentenced yourself to hovering over a toddler for 60 straight hours. Yes. Which we love our toddlers. (laughs) I love my toddler. Yeah. Yeah. But this is, you know, this is one of these things with um, time management where you know we've complained about productivity and time management books that are basically like men mansplain time management to me but you can tell if somebody is not the primary parent of their young children weekends are relaxing and if you are and, the and primary I love that parent, advice where it's like use your weekends use, for rejuvenation reju- yeah, and- <laughs> it's like and all you will just relax and work is stressful and weekends are not it's like okay clearly somebody else is watching your children or, you know, or you don't, have, you don't have them and, you know, and that's yeah. fine, you know, but uh, let's acknowledge that uh, as, as being the case. Now, Sarah, you are still very much in the little kid years. Yes. And I think as we created our notes, we realized that this, that's why this episode did serve such a, you know, like a little bit of that toddler topic was addressed because our weekends are now kind of different because yes. I am like in it. I am still in it. And as a reminder, so my children are six almost 16. Oh, today, 16 months, Yay! <laughs> five and seven. And I know that if I just had the five and seven year olds, things would probably look extremely different than they do now. But I have my beautiful little toddler who really does bring a lot of joy to our family and my life. But she does, 
add a layer of complexity and I guess just work that wouldn't have been there otherwise. And I, I think that because I have such a space between that, the, you know, the three, and I did get a tiny taste of freedom. Cameron was almost four when she was born. And I think he was right at that point. Um, yeah, I really notice it. <laughs> it was it was there and then it was gone. <laughs> and I knew that and I planned it and I chose it. Um, yes, but I, of course, yeah. of course, yeah. <laughs> no, very happy to have our our beautiful little children, but they they do keep your weekends from being relaxing. So, understanding that you are still in the toddler years, what what makes a good weekend, a happy weekend for you? Yeah. So I have a sort of ingredient list. And, you know, one of the main keys before I even get into what I like to do is to make a strategy to use nap time well, because other than when she goes to bed, that's the only other sort of guaranteed downtime during the day. And sometimes that's not possible. Like we have made the choice to allow our too big is to continue taking piano in Miami Beach. And a lot of times we go together so that we can then spend time with family or friends. The downside to that is the nap is always completely messed up. Like she'll fall asleep in the car. She falls asleep on the way back. It's a 40 minute drive, whatever. So if we do that, we are going to go to lengths to protect the nap on the next day, because that's the only time other than when we're covering for each other, which also can happen that we are guaranteed sometimes. So nap protection, it's not for her health. It's not for her sleep. It's fully for my own sanity Sanity. and enjoyment of life. And I will own that. Okay. So my, (laughs) that said, my ingredients for a happy weekend are, I love to get in a workout both days. I try to work out five to six days a week. And I often will miss a day or two during the week. So hopefully I can get something in on the weekends. They don't have to be involved things. could be a run with a stroller one day so that that is, you know, Genevieve time and giving Josh some non-Genevieve time um, and kind of kill a couple of birds with one stone. So that's good. I often like to do a date night. We didn't used to feel like we needed to go out every week that we were not on call. And then somehow after Genevieve and both of us becoming maybe a little bit more busy with work, even we really do like it, or maybe I like it and he tolerates it. (laughs) Even if we do something very low key, like just like go to a gastro pub and have a beer. um, It just doesn't seem like we get that much other quality time during the week. So just like a little protected once weekly window is really helpful for us. I know, I know you guys do Friday nights, but he's, that's usually a late work night for him. So doesn't work. Um, and that said, my Friday night is usually total wind down time. I am not usually up for doing much. So this actually works out really well. Also on my list, I have accepted and enjoy that we are often going to eat out. I think I used to feel like, oh, I'm somehow failing if I'm not putting together these meals. And I do still occasionally for fun, like to put together a Sunday dinner, but that's only if it makes sense for the day. And a lot of times it doesn't. And so I just embrace it. We try fun restaurants. We try to find restaurants that are family friendly. This coming weekend, we actually had a date night planned and our baby, well, actually we didn't, I hadn't really reserved the babysitter completely. I sort of assumed she could do it. And cause it wasn't any like big deal thing and she can't make it. So I made a reservation for all of us at the same place that we were going to go just at 5 30 PM. And we'll just see how that goes and it'll be okay. We don't do a lot of housework. Um, if there's something that really is, is essential that has to be done, I'll try to do it during her nap. But because that's kind of that only downtime, that's not usually what I do. Again, I know this is a very lucky thing, but a lot of this has to do with the fact that I can outsource what I would consider kind of the big two household tasks, which are maybe maybe you could divide them into three, laundry, groceries, and meal prep. I know that a lot of people spend their weekends doing this. I 
we have made the choice not to and invest in having somebody else do these things. That's part of why we're going to continue having full nanny coverage, even when Genevieve starts into school uh, in August. For us, it's worth it. It's 100% buying ourselves time for ourselves, times with the kids. And again, I, I recognize that we're lucky to be able to make that choice, but that's what we've done. And then finally, Sunday afternoons, I still... You know, I don't have a terrible feeling of dread because I like my job. And sometimes, you know, again, being completely honest, I'm happy to have my childcare return on Monday. But I do enjoy Sunday playdates sometimes as just a way to kind of not feeling the weekend's totally over until like have something planned and special. And it does seem like there are a lot of birthday parties on Sunday afternoons as well. So that's often an ingredient. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds good. Um, and agree that... Uh... The, the idea that you'd be dreading Monday is, is again, maybe for people who don't have <laughs> intense family responsibilities over the weekend. Um, I think I felt it when I was pumped. If, you know, I think it also just has to do with your feelings about your job. Like yeah. when I was pumping and very stressed and didn't feel like I could get my work done and I probably had some dread. But right now I'm like, oh, I have patience. Like, oh, I have GME stuff. Like I have podcast. Like I like what I do. So I don't really feel yeah. dread. Yeah. No. Same here. I don't, I don't think I've ever felt. Sunday night dread. But people ask me about it a lot. Like it turns out to be a topic of, conver- you know, articles and I get asked to weigh in on this a lot. For, so I, I guess, it, you know, it must be common. So there you go. Yeah, I think weekends definitely are matter a lot. I mean, if you have a full-time job, this is when the bulk of your potential leisure time and your family time uh, can happen. And so it's really important not to treat it as an afterthought. Even that whole idea of Wednesday being the hump day of the week, it's just, well, that implies it's five real days and two tacked on. And that, that's just not the way life really is. And so I like to think of Thursday as the midpoint of the week because that's more reality. I mean, it, yeah. It, yeah, you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday's the middle, and you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And those are two e- equal sides and, and they take just as much time. And um, so it's important to treat them as such. Uh, and I know that a lot of people sort of have this this built-in resistance to the idea of planning a weekend and the idea of planning leisure time in general. And that's that can work if you're, you know, 25 and don't have any responsibilities whatsoever. But if, if you do have children, you know, what winds up happening is if, if you're not planning, you are going to wind up hovering over the toddler the whole time or just, you know, doing chores and, and sort of getting through the weekend and feel like you have no relaxation time. And then people throw out the idea of like, oh, well, when you're a parent, you can never have fun. It's like, well, no, it's not true. It's just you have to plan ahead. And so if you can get your head around that idea, then you can I enjoy the best of both worlds. So, you know, important. I think I think there's also something to be said. You know, you just made me flash back to when I was 25 and I guess I was in med school and I planned my weekends then too. Okay, well, there's just a personality thing <laughs> no, too. No, <laughs> that is totally a personality thing, but it's also going to be a benefit, I guess, because if you know you have something stressful to do, but then you know it's like earmarked for like two to five on Sunday, then you could, at least again, this is my personality, but you may just want to experiment with this. You may feel freer on Saturday knowing that you've kind of put that in its place and that it's not sort of hanging over your head. Um, I'm not necessarily the kind of person who like gets everything done super early, but I feel so much more comfortable kind of knowing when I'm going to do that. And you know what? That's yeah, that's gone back many, many years, even before children. And also putting some of these strategies into practice before you are into parenthood isn't a crazy idea either. No. Well, I like that idea. I mean, especially, you know, if you do chores and errands on a weekend, for instance, I think it's very helpful to designate a window, right? You might say like, you know, 
nine to 11 on Saturday morning is when I do chores and errands or nine to noon, if you need that amount of time or whatever. But then, you know, you know, there's a time for it. And that frees you up the rest of the time. Like you don't have to say, oh, the rest of the day, I should be doing this. Or, you know, say it's maybe Sunday afternoon or something that you're going to do it. But then, you know, say, oh, should I be doing my chores now? Well, no, there's time for that. And now is not that time. So I can I can relax and enjoy myself instead of thinking this is always an option. Or if you have a work project you need to do or studying or something like that. Yeah. Designating a window. I do admit it is a person because I also just had a flashback to somebody who once read my blog and said like all of my planners just made her like want to throw up and I and, and she in like the kindest way. She said, <laughs> and she and she explained her way of thinking through things and it was like so opposite and it was very fluid and she was comfortable with it. So if that's your thing, then great. But that's um, your thing. That's I have a feeling that's more rare. I, I think. I think that. I think that people who can have no stress and no structure are not common. Yeah, I mean, and if that's you, that's great. Um, so and you should let us know. Tell yeah, us your secrets. Tell us. Tell us your secrets. We'd we'd love to hear about it. Yeah. What no, are was, your ideal ingredient weekends? My ideal ingredient weekend. So I, I was thinking about this. I like to do a date night. I like to do a long run and uh, have some sort of adventure. So the, between the three of those, you know, some weekends we do better than others. I would say we haven't had necessarily a ton of adventures uh, per se, but um, I, I do try to plan something. So, you know, when we're recording this, a couple, the past, the last two weekends of March had all these elements. So my husband and I went out to some nice restaurants, both Friday nights. Um, so that was cool because that's when we have childcare um, built in. So it's, it's not a big deal to be able to sort of even spontaneously make plans. Although both of these places, you kind of needed spontaneous a plans. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, you know what I mean? Like, we, I know what you we mean. didn't have to, we didn't have to book a restaurant we in advance, just, right. but these were two places that we wanted to go. So we needed to, and then the long run, uh, you know, it tends to be that I, I book, do with a, a friend or something, but, um, cause that nudges me to run a little farther, but I certainly could do my own like last week. Oh, and that's I did nice though own. too. Cause then you're doing workout and social time. Yeah. Social time yeah. too. I, uh, the week, the adventures, um, you know, we went to the Cherry Blossoms in Washington, D.C. one day a couple of weekends ago. The weekend before that, we went to the last sort of day of skiing that was possible at, at Blue Ridge, uh, Blue Mountain. I sat at the bottom and watched the kids ski, and then we all went out to dinner together. Uh, so that was kind of a, a family adventure. You know, what we're, we're always what limits the sort of adventures is that we have activities. I mean, we have now we're into spring sports. We've got baseball. We've got soccer. You know, it's still have karate and swim. So it's it's a little harder to do these sort of longer adventures around the structure of that. I also um, sing in my church choir. And so I am generally committed to be there on the morning, Sunday morning, um, which, you know, I enjoy. So it, it's I guess I would put that in a, in a weekend, too. And I particularly like when we're singing really nice music or when my chamber choir is singing, because um, that's a, a really good group with a lot of tight harmony, very uh, enjoyable to to sing with. So yeah, that, those are the the ingredients. You know, I, I'm actually uh, I know I know you guys aren't, aren't particularly religious other than than sort of family observance family like, stuff. Yeah. We haven't chosen to make it like a you know a ritualistic. You're, you're not going to, to synagogue every Saturday. No, no. no. <laughs> uh, the, I mean, you know, the interest, the upside of it is it's structured activity for kids. That's you know, 
good for their that's ages. Nice. That's yeah. nice and that's that they're, they're teaching good lessons and that yeah. kind of a thing. I guess our equivalent of that is we go to piano. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, so I mean, just you know, I know some people are like, well, I'm 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 religious, but I, I don't go to church. And I'm like, well, you kind of the benefits all in the going to the the house of worship. I mean, you, whatever you believe is between you know you and God, but the the actual like cool part of building a community is is in the yeah I can going totally somewhere that. and joining the organization and um so we've you know enjoyed that i like to see my middle schooler go to things like he did a lock-in a couple of weeks ago and uh, you know they play with their friends there and even alex has sunday school um and so he gets very excited about it they gets to play with blocks and do his religious training. <laughs> so uh, perfect. Yeah, no, it's a good way to keep the kids occupied on, on Sunday no, it morning. It sounds very nice. Plus it's a family activity with like levels for, I mean, there aren't that many things that are like that where no. you can go somewhere as a family and each person has kind of their own thing that they can enjoy at their level. So yeah. So, so I think, you know, I think there's some, some upsides of that, of finding a place that's oriented toward children. If you are remotely interested in, in that sort of part of your life, you know, let's see what else. So I, cover, I I think about my weekend ahead of time. I plan my weeks on Friday afternoons, but that usually includes looking at the next weekend. So it gives me a last chance to look at the upcoming weekend. Uh, so if we haven't thought that through, we can think about that. Um, but then I'm also taking a preliminary glance at the next weekend uh, and, and seeing what needs to happen for that and, and what we could fit in and what we might wish to do. Um, and sometimes if I if I know there's a weekend coming up where there's going to be a ton of stuff, I start thinking about that even further ahead of time. We have a particular May weekend that involves a choir concert, a Cub Scout camping trip, the Broad Street 10 miler, a birthday party, like just Oof. ton That's of a lot. And I'm going to New York Sunday night to be there for Monday morning. So yeah, there's just a lot of stuff. So we had to sort that one out um, a month ahead of time. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I kind of holistically, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have like a specific time that I think through weekends, I try to basically just have our babysitter every time that we're not on call. I, I didn't for this particular weekend, but usually, and then I don't know, somehow it seems like the calendar just fills itself up. I think we're just in that stage where all the kids are having birthday parties and there's mm -hmm. school stuff and family stuff. And someone's always having a birthday, you know, not even the kids' birthday parties, but like somebody else. It's almost like I don't have to look for things. And then the few things that I do that are on weekends, like our parenting book club, like the few remaining weekends get filled up. And then because my husband and I like to go to concerts and plays, if we see something that catches our eye and we can go, we book that. So it's like, it just happens. They get filled. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's feel good. Lucky. Feel lucky for that. So it's good to have yeah. a robust social life. Yeah, I gotta say, weekends have changed so much for me in the last year, and this yes. is this is really just. I mean, we have to we we do a little bit less sort of planning and talking about who's covering what now because our weekends have changed now that the youngest kid is four, and you know I'm not saying he doesn't get in trouble, but he doesn't have to be hovered over in that same way you could even like sleep in a little maybe. oh yeah i mean it's it's he he but he'll go watch youtube for an hour in the morning right. he can keep sleeping and so far hasn't shown any inclination to get into trouble while he's watching youtube so i'm like yeah go youtube you know who knows what he's watching but <laughs> he can operate the mouse so he's kind there of you uh, go. he's uh, okay he's i'm sure he's fine but yeah, I can actually like so last weekend I I took the the big kids over to the Elmwood Park Zoo and and Sam and Ruth did this like ropes course um 
slight strategic miscalculation because Jasper was too big to do the little kids one. So he would have had to do the adult one, but then I couldn't go, he couldn't go by himself. He needed an adult over 16, but I couldn't go with him and leave the other two somewhere. Right. You needed another adult. Yeah. I needed another adult. Well, you probably figured that he could do the kids one. I figured he could do the kids one. Yeah. He's like taller than me. So yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) that didn't quite work. So he was, you know, but fortunately he was very good sport about it. But anyway, I came home and, uh, you know, my husband and Alex had gotten home from soccer around the same time. And Michael and I just sat on the back porch kind of talking through the vacation stuff and, and looking at the flowers and the kids were inside, I think watching TV, you know, maybe better parents would have forced them to go outside and play or do something with it. But we're just like, let's just sit on the porch and we could be out there for like an hour and nothing went wrong. And that's it was amazing. It's just amazing. I, no, I, that's like living the dream. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it is the dream. I mean, this has not been this way for 12 years. I have not had the ability to do this in 12 years. And now I wow. suddenly have some aspect of it. And so I can read on the weekend. I can, you know, sit outside. I can actually get a little... out late on a date night without knowing that like it's, you know, 6.30 a.m. Someone's going to like... Well, he will, be up. he will be up at 6.30, but yeah, I don't but have to... He lets you go back to sleep. I can go back to that's sleep. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's... Yeah, no, I mean, the little kid years are hard. I mean, we say that we'll say <laughs> I that. Said, Let's say that 2,800 more times. Yeah. <laughs> the little and, kid years are hard. And, and I, I, it's not that the, the teen years aren't hard. And there's definitely, you know, various emotional storms and, you know, homework forgetting and whatever else that, that happens as, as kids get older. Um, but. And I can see how things can start to feel higher stakes with academics and social. It can feel higher stakes. Yes. Like everything. Your, your, you know, toddler needing a diaper change is a very straightforward problem. Whereas, you know, a kid who doesn't care about math, let's say, and this is not, this <laughs> not, not my, my case per se, but you know, it, that, that is harder to deal with. And especially as the stakes get higher, if that child is, you know, 16, 17 years old, what do you do about it? But that said, you don't necessarily logistics wise hover and, over the 16 yeah. year old to make sure that she does not stick a fork in her eye. So that's uh, <laughs> like, that's about run around with a pencil, intermittently putting it in their mouth and scribbling on things. Not that I've ever seen that. Or, you know, <laughs> yep. climb in the dryer or whatever else. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. There's just a million things that they can do. And it, it's, it's true. Yeah. It's infinite. And and you never even think of what it is like this. I mean, although I would say that I'm sure teenagers get into all sorts of stuff that I haven't even thought to worry about, too. So that's That's a future episode. That's a future episode of of what they. All right. I think we should get to the question. Yes. All right. Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to read it. it it? I'll read it because I like your answer a lot. Okay. All right. We can sort of (laughs) tighten up a little bit. (laughs) Yes. I'll I'll summarize. summarize. All right. I just came back for work after maternity leave. Already in my first month back, we've dealt with some illnesses. I was told to work from home, which I was able, and that I could make up my time that weekend for the first fever. For the second fever, I was told that I needed to take PTO or unpaid time. My manager was afraid of setting a precedent that happened because the other employees on my team are not allowed to work from home. She works in a company where some are allowed to work from home, but others are not, depending on the team and manager. In the handbook, there's a lot of gray area. Her job is in the marketing department, and she feels like she could do about 75% of it from home, but because of the manager she has, she's not allowed. She calls him old school. She states, I'm a stellar employee and have been with this company for almost five years, but I need some more flexibility for the months to come. 
What do you think I should do? Look at some other job options. Are there other time management solutions that will happen? By the way, job options are abundant. Some new moms I built relationships recently work in marketing at other companies. The more I write, the more I feel like it's time to make a change. Sorry, I read a lot, but I, I kind of no, like how she was solving her own problem. She was solving her own problem um, while she was <laughs> writing this letter. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So Laura and I both found this um, a pretty good question and one that we felt pretty strongly about the answer. So go ahead. Yeah, no, unfortunately, there are a lot of old school people still in corporate management. And who knows? I mean, in this case, it's it's a man, but there are probably women who are old school, too, and believe that if I don't see my employees working, they will be watching soap operas and other such things. Um, or that old feeling of, oh, well, I did it. So you need to do it, too. Yeah, well, they, maybe they didn't have Zoom back then. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, know exactly. exactly. Or just, you know, in this case, I think, you know, her thought is the manager's worried about setting a precedent, then everyone will want to work from home. And I'm sort of like, okay, great. Like you could save on real estate costs. That sounds awesome. Like win-win for everybody. But, you know, perhaps he does not see it that way. So the first thing we talked about is if his concern is precedent, then you can work with him to set up a program where you could work from home when you need to, and yet not establish that there is a broad precedent of everyone can work from home whenever he or she wants. So for instance, one option is that people who are highly rated are allowed to work from home on occasion as needed, but anyone who is in a more, you know, like having challenges kind of rating bucket can't, right? So this is a privilege that has been earned by high ratings. Then she gets it. Great. Or maybe it's that you have to have worked at the company for three or four years so that you have presumably gained your manager's trust. Again, she wor- she fits in that category. Other people who perhaps, you know, haven't been there as long, haven't earned that trust yet, wouldn't be in that bucket. Again, I don't think these are great ideas because I don't worry about the president. But any, if he does, this is what you can do. Or Sarah suggested, sorry, I'm, I'm bumping into yours. Yeah, that's okay. While we're having I was the proud of this one. <laughs> yeah, no, that he could say, you know, you're limited to working from home, let's say 15 days a year. And that way, again, it's also not a precedent of everyone's going to be at home every day and nothing will ever happen, right? So that would be an option too. And and presumably she could get through, you know, if she has a partner as well, which she didn't mention, but, you know, between the two of them, they could probably make it work if she got, say, like 15 days that she could work from home. Yeah, because that's like two, that's like, you know, one, well, it's one most months. And yeah, with a partner, that should, that should, that should, you could get through a lot of it. That said, in the meantime, though, you never have more leverage than when you're considering leaving. And if you are considering leaving, you've already put it out there that you are, you know, this matters to you quite a bit. So I think there's nothing wrong with looking for another job. She said she's got a lot of contacts at other companies. Like, why not? Look, see what's there. Um, Have these, you know, interviews, uh, go talk to people. Regardless, uh, it's always good to make sure that you are working your network, seeing what your value is, what options are available. Maybe she will find a wonderful, flexible position somewhere else with a manager who only cares that the work gets done. And that would be great. Um, And maybe she'd decide to take it or she goes to her own manager and says, hey, guess what? I have this option elsewhere. I am looking at it seriously. And here is why. You can either offer me the ability to work flexibly when I need it or you cannot right? Take it or leave it. And he may get religion and take it or he may not. That could happen. But then you go work for somewhere that values you and your manager is stuck training someone new who is not nearly as good as you. And he is going to learn his lesson the hard way. And you have helped out the rest of the company for the future. So there you go. (laughs) Love it. 
I even said that maybe while you're doing that, looking for that other job, argue for perhaps a very short, you know, a trial basis, because it would be harder to say no to, oh, could we try, you know, two days per month for two months or something like that and see how it goes and discuss after. And if you're not completely blown away and that way during your job search period, you'd be covered. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Love of the week. Mine is Feedly. So this is kind of, you know, some things you use so much that you feel like it's obvious. So then I, you know, you don't tell others about them, but maybe they don't know. If you do read blogs, there's two ways to do it. You could just like have, well, there's a few ways. You could have bookmarks that you click on, or you could just randomly go to a site when you feel the urge, or you could use a feed reader where they're all collected for you and you can go in when you want and see all the new ones at once and read them or mark them to save or whatever. And Feedly has been around for a long time. Uh, it's owned by Google now. It, I don't think it initially was. I'm guessing Google bought them out at some point. And yeah, previously it was called Google Reader, I think. Uh, but anyway, it's Feedly now. It's an app. It's on the computer. It's super convenient. And uh, if you do read blogs that way, um, it's just a nice way that you don't have to like go and check if there's a new post. I will say, as someone who's currently trying to still work through you know, what's going on with my own blog's traffic, sometimes it's nice to click through because if you read on Feedly, the person whose blog you're reading doesn't get any quote unquote credit for it in terms of like page views if they're oh, um, have that. on their post. Oh, that's not. Yeah. So hmm. every once in a while, click through. But I think I think it's I think it's still okay to use those things. I think it's great. I'm not technologically tool. advanced. I just go look at the shoebox and see if there's a post. <laughs> so maybe. Well, good. You're like, driving on my traffic. You can do that. I'm like, oh, let's see if Sarah has a post today. <laughs> yeah, just check every hour. That's every good for Maya. <laughs> Actually, I think so now they're looking more at users. It used to be that they would look at page views. Uh, okay. um, so if you look at it 10 times, I think I get the same credit as if you looked at it once. Whereas uh, back gotcha. in the day, they cared how many page views. Okay. I don't even know who they even really they, Yes, the anyway, all-powerful day of blog stats. <laughs> So what is your uh, love of the week? Also technological. No, well, I know you're taking an Instagram break, but <laughs> yes. uh, I am not. Uh, I can the the screen view stats will back up that I have not taken an Instagram break. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it. But we had this funny funny thing happen. Um, a little bringing people together. So I am reading through Instagram, and I see a photo of a friend of mine posing with a familiar looking woman. I look, and it's Carmen D from What Not to Wear, and and people who are. <gasps> Who are long-term listeners to Best of Both Worlds know that we have who, talked about who doesn't love Carmen D. Who, no, who doesn't Carmen love Carmen D, right? Maybe what we not to wear. Carmen D. Yeah, I'm, I'll show. try and try and find track her down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyway, this this picture is of my friend and Carmen D, and I, you know, post some quote on, and some comment on Instagram of like, oh, total fangirl moment. You you met Carmen D. How awesome! So then my friend shoots me an email like an hour later and says, hey do you want to go to Carmody's birthday party? <laughs> and so apparently she had, she had met Carmody at this uh, event where everyone who'd been interviewed as part of a series were all there. And so my friend and Carmody had both been in this video series. So they, they got to tap talking and whatever. And so anyway, I went with my friend uh, to yeah, like as her guest, I guess, to, right? To, like, to Carmody's birthday party. And cause it, it actually worked out great. I had to be in New York the next morning for something. So I was like, well, I'll come in the night before and go to the, the birthday party. And so while I'm there, I'm like meeting Carmody at the bar and who's standing next to her, but Stacey London also from what not I to wear. I love that they're still friends and I going know. to each other's birthday parties. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm like having a fangirl moment because you saw them. I mean, like, yeah. that's like two degrees of separation. Although I did see Clinton Kelly once at a Miami Beach restaurant. 
Yeah. That's cool. Well, there you go. So I, I was. Was uh, he there? Was I he did the not. Party? No, Clinton Kelly was Maybe not. Maybe he was here. I don't know. I, I didn't see him at, at the party. Just saw saw Stacy and Carmody. But oh uh, man, well, it was, it was podcast goals. We can get them on. Goals. Get them I don't on. Know. So sometimes leaving a comment on Instagram like brings you in all sorts of adventures, <laughs> all uh, sorts of joy. All sorts of joy. Exactly. All right. Well, this has been best of both worlds. We've mostly been talking uh, weekends with the sub topic of weekends with toddlers and then asking, uh, answering the question from a listener who wants to work from home occasionally when she needs to, to stay with a sick kid and whose manager is old school about it, what she can do. So uh, we'll be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.